Hello, I'm Hilary, Pastor Derek's wife. Uh, I wanted to share with you part of my um, my experiences uh, before I was born again and, and afterwards, those supernatural things that have been just so amazing in my life. Um, they've been life-changing, actually, uh, and I wanted to entitle this talk, actually, Angels, Dreams and Visions. And they're not weird, they're absolutely wonderful when they come from the Lord. I was born into a family and, um, well, we, we respected the Bible. We wouldn't put, dream of putting anything on top of it, uh, but nevertheless, uh, we never read it. And we went to church every single Sunday, but we weren't born again. And we all thought we were going to heaven simply because we went to church, but that is really not the case. And I'm so grateful for God's intervention in my life and my parents' life and my brother's life. I wanted just to quickly talk about words are powerful. The scripture tells us that um, words are extremely powerful. Um, and I was about six years old. I had gumballs terribly. I was in a lot of pain. And the GP prescribed for me to have um, penicillin injections. And I began to feel more poorly and more poorly. I had to have these injections before I went to school. And I do remember about the sixth day feeling really unwell. But anyway, Papa thought, well, you know, the doctor knows best. So I had my sixth injection of penicillin. And by the time I'd gone through school and uh, the doctor's wife, I mean, they were friends of my parents, and she collected me with her son. And her son and I were supposed to, to play together. Well, he was a bit rough anyway, but um, I had a headache and I said, oh, I've got a headache. And he hit me on the head and said, there now, you've got a headache. And I actually fell and I started crying and she rushed in and she recognized that I was really ill. Uh, so when her husband came home, she sent him straight over to our house. And I do remember lying in bed feeling desperately ill. Uh, and I remember it as if it was yesterday. And I said to my mother, Mummy, am I going to die? I'm so grateful for my mum because she looked me straight in the face and she said, no, you will not die. And I believed her. And, you know, I began to feel life coming back into my body because I could feel it sort of draining away. And it was years later, actually, that she shared with me that it was touch and go whether I would live or not, and that she was very afraid that I would die and wasn't sure that I would live. But she said it just came out of her mouth, you will live. And I am so grateful to my mum for that. But it taught me that our words are powerful. Scripture says that um, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it eat its fruit. And actually, I ate the fruit of that on that very day. And that's why I'm alive today. Now, when I was at school, uh, I didn't do very well particularly, but we were in assembly at the breakup um, of this, the summer term. And we were all excited. And we were, I was not thinking spiritually at all, if I even knew how to think spiritually. Uh, and I felt a tap on my back. We were sitting in the hall waiting for our, our headmistress and I just felt someone tap at the back and I thought, oh no, the girls are being a pain again behind me. And I, I swung round to say, you know, look, just let go of my pinafore because we had to wear pinafores and they tie the stripes to, to the back of our chair so that we made a noise when we stood up when the headmistress came in. So I swung round and I, I mean, it was just absolutely amazing. 
The girls had disappeared, the hall had disappeared, and there was this huge angel, must have been nine feet tall, and just glowing, shining, shining. I, I couldn't see the angel's face really because of the light that was emanating from this angel. And I, I remember saying, you're so beautiful. I was absolutely amazed and it was wonderful and beautiful. And I felt such peace in my heart. And I thought, oh dear, I've got to turn away, I'll have to. And then I thought, I'll have just another peek. Turned round, angel had gone, the girls were back, the hall was back. And that was my very, very first open vision. And it was so special, I never told anyone until many, many years later. Um, and we have Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. Um, it's... Uh, the Lord speaking, and he's speaking to his disciples saying, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. I believe that my angel is still with me. Why would he just disappear when I grew up? And your angel is with you. We don't have to see them. I've never seen my angel ever again. But I have felt uh, a presence, shall we say. Uh, when I was much older, I was in secretarial school, and this was actually in Winchester. And there was um, a pedestrian crossing, which was dangerous in those days because they were called Belisha Beacons, the, the flashing lights. Um, and I was just about to step onto this, um, to this crossing. I'd looked right, left, right no car in sight and I felt a power, a very loving power, hold me back. I, I, I couldn't step forward and suddenly whew, a red sports car whizzed past. Maybe I'm exaggerating but like 50 miles an hour. I would have been killed straight on and I'm convinced, this is my interpretation of it, it was my angel taking care of me. Um, I had another dream, I had a dream and uh, I was always feeling poorly at school. I was really one of the weak ones. And I remember this dream vividly because uh, in the dream I had fainted outside school, outside the front entrance. Um, and of course, you know, a crowd had gathered around me and I felt so embarrassed in the dream. And I remember crying out and I was crying to God and I was saying, oh, I want to be strong. And this wonderful assurance um, and like a voice within me, I don't know how else to explain it, that said, you won't always be like this. You will be strong and you will uphold others. And the Lord actually, all the, through all these years, has brought that to pass. Uh, I had another dream. It seems as I spent my whole time dreaming, but I really didn't. Um, I was going down a beautiful, oh, it's a fabulous staircase. I mean, I was in a very rich place, like a palace, and going down these steps, which was supposed to lead to somewhere fabulous. And as I got to the bottom of these stairs, I suddenly realized I was walking into a prison and it was blank walls. Um, and it, it's, it's difficult to explain, but it was horrid really horrid. And I turned back. I wouldn't walk into this bottom area. And I ran up the stairs and hundreds of people were coming down the stairs. And I was saying, don't go there. Don't go there. It's, it's, it's a prison. It's a prison. It's not what you think. And nobody would listen to me. And I really think that actually that was what would happen 
because many times I've given my testimony and people really just don't want to know. Um, also, I had a dream of a train dry, uh, ride. Uh, this was when I was, was older and I was with my mother and my father and my little niece. She was little at that time. We were on a train and we were having a lovely time. And suddenly I, had, I could smell something in this dream and I knew that I knew it was poison. It was like poison gas or something. And I saw these figures and they looked like the Ku Klux Klan, only they were all in black. They were, the impression was they were men and they had these huge aerosols and wherever they sprayed, the people were dying. And I was saying to my parents and to my niece, we've got to jump off the train because it was going really slowly. They didn't believe me, but eventually I managed to persuade them and we jumped off the train and our lives were spared. And I believe that that was the lives that we were leading, each one of us. Um, but we heard the gospel and we jumped off the train of disaster and we jumped into a beautiful, beautiful field and the birds were singing and the sun was shining and the air was fresh and we were safe. And uh, also I had a dream much later in life that I was falling, falling. I was in this tunnel and it was like it had oiled sides. There was nothing to hang on to. And the impression I was falling, falling, and I was desperately trying to grab hold of something. And I was screaming and crying and screaming and crying. And um, I landed with a bump. And I do remember bouncing in the bed and my parents were standing over me and they said, you've had a terrible dream. I said, I dreamt I was falling into hell. They said, no, no, it, it was a dream, dear. It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. But actually, I do believe that that's what it's like because I was well on my way to hell because um, I was denying that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, who he was. I got into, when I say bad company, they were really nice company, very friendly company, but I was into esoteric studies, new age, you name it. And do you know the sad thing is they were friendlier than church folk, uh, but that's just how the devil works. And um, I had another dream, and this was a really nice dream, actually, that I was in a big hall and people, there was lots of people around and there was a, a stage area, but I was the only one and I was dancing as I'd never danced because I was taught how to do ballroom dancing. But I was jointing and jumping and dancing and leaping for joy. And there was a man in, in white and he came down off the stage and he just stood before me and I remember looking at him and saying, you are my captain, and I saluted him. And I knew that I knew that this was someone very, very special. And I think I do realize actually that he was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I felt such love, such devotion, such utter giving of myself to serve this person. And I know that it was the Lord Jesus Christ in that dream, the one who I love with all my heart. And I'm sure that you do too. And it was just the joy that was within me. Now, I do remember seeing out of the corner of my eye another man. And I forgot about him, actually, until the day that I was taken to the town hall. 
And actually the speaker was the man that I'd seen in a dream years and years previously. And it's that man that got used to heal me. Um, yet another dream before I received the Lord as my saviour. Uh, I, I promise you, I'd never seen a water baptism. I didn't know that people were fully immersed. I thought baptism actually was when we were babies and we had a little water put on our forehead and it was called christening. And I saw these people and they were going down into the water and then it was my turn and I had a white gown on and I went down into the water um, and there were two gentlemen either side of me and they plunged me down and popped me up. And I remember feeling such joy, just amazing joy. And actually that's how I felt when I got born again and I was um, fully, I was baptized in water. That was an amazing event for me when I was baptized in water. And I didn't understand any of these dreams. I didn't cast them away, but um, they did make me more aware of God. Now, does God speak to us in dreams? Well, he does, because scripture tells us that God does. We think of um, Joseph and the dreams. He had that dream of greatness um, where he was 17 years old. Uh, this is in Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 to 5, and then 9 to 11. I'll read them. Uh, uh, Joseph being 17 years old, he had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more than they hated him before. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I've had another dream. And this time the sun, the moon and the 11 stars bowed down to me. And verse 10, the parents were now upset by this time. Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him. But his father kept the matter in mind. And as you know, that it came true when he was promoted to be Pharaoh's right-hand man. And he actually saved um, Egypt and his, his whole family and the whole Jewish race, actually. Um, Genesis 40 uh, verse 1, also uh, Joseph and dreams, he interpreted dreams. It came to pass after these things, uh, Genesis 40 verse 1, it came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended the Lord, the king of um, Egypt. And uh, they had a dream that uh, one was, uh, had birds, uh, pecking at the, the bread on his head and the other one was the guy who, who was the wine taster and gave the wine to Pharaoh um, and everything was all right in that dream and Joseph interpreted that dream that one would die and one would be promoted. And then in um, Genesis 41 verse 1, Pharaoh's dreams and it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream and behold he stood by the river and it came to pass uh, Genesis 41 verse 8. Now it came to pass in the morning that Pharaoh's spirit was troubled and he sent for all his magicians and Egypt and in Egypt and Pharaoh told them his dreams and there was no one who could interpret that dream for Pharaoh. And then uh, wonders of wonders the, the 
the um, Pharaoh's winekeeper, uh, he actually remembered a young Hebrew man. He said he was with us, uh, a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us, and each one came true. And they sent for, uh, for Joseph, and uh, they, Pharaoh told Joseph of his dream, and uh, the Lord gave the interpretation to Joseph who said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. God will use dreams to tell us what he is about to do or what is about to happen or even as a warning. Um, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering because he who promised is faithful. God is faithful and I am so grateful to God that he worked things in my life that I came to the end of myself. I was so stubborn and so set in my ways uh, and I, I wasn't listening to any Christians until I became really ill. It was quite sudden um, that I woke up one morning and I was in terrible pain and it you know, to cut a long story short, that actually I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and the pain never stopped ever. I, it was 24 hours a day and I was taking codeine, which of course you can't get these days unless it's by prescription. Um, and I know that I felt, I just, I remember crying out, oh God, because I remember God, I'd rejected Jesus. Oh God, help me. And it was part of a hymn that we sang at school, which was, Faint not nor fear, his arms are near, he changeth not. And thou art dear. I was still dear to him. And it was two days later that a knock came on the front door and it was someone that I had, had met uh, when I was a medical secretary. And she wanted me to go to a healing meeting and I didn't want to go anyway. She came for three nights. And on the third night, my, my father was out, uh, who was actually my guard. And she, because I didn't want to go with this crazy lady. Um, and she w walked in straight past my little mum. And uh, she said, you are coming with me. And I went like a lamb. And so during this service, I really wasn't listening to what uh, the man was saying. And... But one thing I did hear, and it was about receiving Jesus as Lord and Saviour and the invitation to come up and receive him. And I had such a strong impression. It had to be the Holy Spirit working on, on me, although I didn't, I didn't know the Holy Spirit, didn't recognise him. And the impression was, if you don't go now, you'll die. And I knew that was true. I just knew that I knew that was true. Now, you don't die um, rapidly from rheumatoid arthritis, but I believe the interpretation of that is that I would become so hardened in my heart that I would utterly reject God, and then I would die and I would actually go to hell. And so I, I received Jesus as my Lord and Saviour, and I was totally, totally changed on the inside. Um, and I came back and I sat down and I had an open vision and I had, it was a picture of a lady I'd completely forgotten. And her name was Elizabeth Wharton. And I'd met her when I was um, 
a purserette on a on a liner going to South Africa and back. Um, and the girls didn't want to talk to her. I just felt sorry for her. But that underneath were the words, Elizabeth Wharton, she prayed you into the kingdom of heaven. I mean, my eyes are wide open. Everybody else has disappeared. All I can see is like this big television set with her picture on it and the words underneath. And I knew that I knew that that woman had prayed me into the kingdom of heaven. Now she died about six years before I was born again. She never ever knew, none of her family ever knew that I received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Please, if you're praying for someone's salvation, never give up, never give up because the prayers that you prayed are still vitally active long after you've gone home to be with the Lord. Uh, so that's, I, I hope that encourages you to keep praying for that person that appears to be taking absolutely no notice and be, you know, being hard against the Lord. I promise you, God will work a wonder in their life. Um, and I, I used to, to live by my horoscope and I opened the newspaper and I looked at it and I thought, oh, it's absolutely disgusting. I knew that I knew that I was different on the inside. And God is so, so faithful. I love this scripture, Ephesians chapter two, verse four to five. Um, but God, who was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses. Oh, what a picture of me. He made us alive with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. I didn't have faith, but I was desperate. And it is a gift of God, not of works. Let anyone should boast because we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I had um, another vision and this, I was only born again a few weeks. Uh, I'd been out and I came in and my parents were sitting in the sitting room looking at television. And when I looked in and on, on the television screen, um, there had been a lady uh, and then there were these words, preach the gospel, heal the sick. And I said, oh, I said, did you see what that said? And my parents said, what do you mean, what said? There's just a lady speaking. I said, you didn't see preach the gospel, heal the sick? They said, no, no such thing was on the screen. And I realized, actually a few years later, that was an open vision. But I knew that I knew that that's what I was supposed to do. Um, also, I think to encourage you, uh, my father was stoically against the gospel. We went to church, but he was a Freemason and Freemasonry was his salvation, so he told me. Um, and I was deeply concerned because he had uh, terminal cancer and I thought he's going to die um, and, and, and go to hell. And I remember praying and fasting and praying and weeping before the Lord. Anyway, there was one wonderful day. It was his birthday, but he was desperately sick and the rest of the family had gone out. And I was sitting at his feet and I was able to share with him again about the Lord Jesus. And he agreed. He wanted to pray the prayer and receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior. 
and he got to the point where it was Lord Jesus be my Lord and Saviour and it was almost like someone was strangling him he could hardly get the words out and he blurted them out Jesus be my Saviour and suddenly I was in two places at the same time it was amazing I was fully aware of sitting at my father's feet but then I was in heaven and all the saints were rejoicing. I mean, there were these wonderful people jumping and laughing and praising God. And uh, because my father had received Jesus as his Lord and Savior, and I looked at my father's face, it was totally changed. Before he was white, drawn, desperately ill, desperately, desperately unhappy. And he was radiant and smiling. His eyes were smiling. His face was smiling and colour in his face. And from that time on, he wouldn't see his old friends. He refused to see them. And he'd been seeing them every single day up to that point. And I know that I know that when my father drew his last breath, he went to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Did I pray for him to be healed? Yes, I did. And I was so distressed that he did die from cancer. But later on, the Lord showed me when I was actually weeping before the Lord, and the Lord said to me, your father wanted to come home to be with me. He didn't want to live. So I gave him what he wanted, not what you wanted. So if that has happened to you, remember that the person who's gone home to be with the Lord may, may well have wanted to go home to be with the Lord. Even my brother, actually, he also had terminal cancer many years later. Um, and I know that I know that he, he was so tired and exhausted. He said he wanted to go home and be with the Lord. Um, and he was just radiant up to the time when um, he took his last breath. And I know that I know he's with the Lord because I was grieving and suddenly at home and suddenly right before my eyes was my brother. Now, my brother had lost a leg. I mean, they were amputated amputated one leg and they were going to take the other leg off uh, that's without the cancer he had cancer somewhere else um, and he said to me stop grieving I'm happy and healthy happier than I've ever been in my whole life God bless you Jesus said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and the vision of this ministry is ready to, to spread the in-depth teaching of the Word of God as far and wide as possible. And we are so grateful for those who, who have helped us in this way financially and with your prayers. It really makes a huge difference that we can get the Word of God out on different platforms and spread it across the world, even in different languages. Thank you so much for all your help. Thank you for watching. Join with us at Oxford Bible Church every Sunday at 11am Greenwich Mean Time for our live stream service or join us at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX37QH. You can watch more of our teachings on our Roku channel and Derek Walker's YouTube channel. All Derek Walker's books are available in printed and Kindle versions in all Amazons worldwide or online with other great products where you can also support our programmes at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.